Today on EdgeFX. Paradigm that got us into this is not going to get us out. Right. You know, if you if you are so poor in your judgment for 150 years and you destroy so much of the forests and you you can't drink the water, you're not so smart, are you? Author and activist Winona LaDuke, executive director of the native-led organization Honor the Earth, speaks with Dr. Patty Lowe, professor in the Medill School of Journalism and director of the Center for Native American and Indigenous Research at Northwestern University. They discuss LaDuke's activism supporting the water protectors in Standing Rock, North Dakota, her new project, Growing Industrial Hemp on the White Earth Reservation in Minnesota, and the role of younger activists resisting pipeline projects in the upper Midwest. We join their conversation following LaDuke's keynote address at the film festival, Tales from Planet Earth in Madison, Wisconsin. There are a lot of people here tonight. There were a lot of people here tonight. That was was interesting, and and I felt great to listen to those guys talk. It's interesting because when you're the keynote, a lot of times you talk first, right, obviously, and then you don't get to listen to them kind of in their un- you know, in, in, in what they were going to say before you were there. And so I enjoyed it actually quite a bit listening to them. And I just really such great respect and regard for them. And I know them all, I, you know, but what I want to say is like, you know, I mean, the movie now is awake. I saw that and I've seen it a couple of times, but, uh, I feel like that's like this moment. And, and in a lot of ways, Standing Rock was like a Selma moment mm-hmm. for, for all of us. We were all awake. We we're very present. We saw it. We saw it going down. We, you know, we, we were there, and we all woke up. Selma, as in Selma, Selma. Alabama. Yeah. And didn't you see a lot of parallels? I, I, I kept looking at some of those images of the dogs and yeah, the it was water like the, cannons. We call it the Deep North. We call North Dakota the Deep North. It really was. You know, and it is, and it still is. I mean, they, they're hateful over there, you know, I mean, with our water protectors. I mean, we're getting cases dismissed, but, you know, I mean, I'm going into North Dakota next week for a... For something else, I feel like I'm going to the front lines. Every time I go to North Dakota, I was like, you know, there's a lot of hating out there. I mean, we just had a brutal murder of another Indian woman in, in Fargo here this summer. And I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done. So, you know, what I want to say is like, you know, I feel like I'm awake. There's a lot of people who are awake. You know, we have, we're in this time, you know, you look out there, Patty, and I feel like to the south, there's hurricanes. To the west, there's fires. There's like... Of biblical proportions. It's like Mother Nature is shaking. Yeah, going, it's like oh, crazy. You know, I don't know what's going on in the north yet, but there's like a crazy guy with orange hair screaming at us in the east, right? Oh, man. And that's like pretty biblical, that whole thing. And I was just like, so I look there and I'm like, you know, so what are we going to do? And I feel like it's time to begin the transition. It's time to work on where we want to go, you know, because their system is failing. I mean, I told the story tonight about the four pipelines. Three mm. of them are going down. The last one is this one. And you're an economist. We're overbuilt with pipelines already, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. we are overbuilt with pipelines and production in the tar sands is going down and electric cars are coming. And all we just got to do is keep fighting. I had this Navajo woman say to me this thing. She said, uh, you know, in our, in our mythology and in our old stories, they talked about monster slayers. She mm. says, we need a new generation of monster slayers. And I thought that's like such a powerful analogy, but it's so true. It's like it's this, you know, David and Goliath moment. We got to hang in there because they're weakening, you know, and there's a lot of things that are around them that are swirling their own system. And so, 
you know, me, I just like, I've been at this, I mean, a, a while we all been and uh, we're all, you know, I'm, I'm not battle weary. I'm just irritated at them for mm. Enbridge in this case for taking so much of my time. Five years, you know. You talked in your speech about the sixth fire and the seventh fire. And there's a line in our prophecies that talk about the new people. Yeah, the Ashki and Anishinaabe. Do you get the sense that... I've, we're those ones. We're those ones. We're awake. We're alive. We, you know, we came from, came from wherever we came from, but we're really conscious, you know. I mean, I become so aware of that some days. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I feel super like, like, I, 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 I you know, you hear this stuff and you're thinking it. And I'm like, I'm here. I'm here. I got and others it. are here too. We're all I mean, here. There are a lot of. We're a lot of us are here. A lot of non-native people. Oh yeah. Who you know, twenty years ago, either had an adversarial relationship with native people or just didn't think about them at all. And all of a sudden, they're paying attention. I think because they realize, you know, their well, they, their they, kids they, want clean the water. The thing to is, drink I think and, that they realize that the you know the paradigm that got us into this is not going to get us out. Right. You know, if you if you are so poor in your judgment for 150 years and you destroy so much of the forests and you you can't drink the water and you've got you're not so smart, are you? You know, and so that's what I feel like. So like, I just want to say, like, for me, like, I'm really trying to relocalize. I mean, I do national work and I love my life. But, you know, I got I had a new grandchild born. I got a lot of people and my community that want me home. I'm fight this pipeline off, but I'm looking at my territory and I'm like, like I was using the example of Puerto Rico, like what if we did it right someplace? Mm -hmm. Like what if instead of turning Puerto Rico and back into the dysfunctional colony that's under the Jones Law Act, mm -hmm. where everything that comes into that country, right? Right. Has oh, to be taxed more. I was like liberating those people. And then we scold people. them when their economy's not working and they can't make ends meet. Right, and then we and everybody like forgot. Children. Right, and everybody also forgot that they're U.S. citizens, right? Right, right yeah. And especially the president. That was like horrible. So I was like, <laughs> what, if, what if we got behind Puerto Rico in this moment when everybody's looking at them? To try something new. Uh, to get them what they need, which is local food, local, you know, local solar. Like, let's follow them, guys. Energy. Let's do that, right? Yeah. Let's do that. And then and then I was on the phone on my way today. I was on the phone with my, my Standing Rock. I had this really interesting moment because uh, I think the district representative from Cannonball, the village we were all in, called me on the phone. And, and they're working on a solar project. And I got some solar panels. And, you know, I talked to my staff about it. And I said, you know... We left, well, I was in Standing Rock, and, and, you know, I feel like I gave blood out there. You know, a lot of us did. And uh, so he said they're doing on this new solar project, and they're ready. And so I said, well, I'm going to try to help you out, because I feel like when we left there, we weren't done. And I'd like to go and do something, because those people need justice, you know? Mm -hmm. So our organization, Honor the Earth, is going to work with the, the groups out there to try to get some solar and... Because I'd like to see justice for that community, because what happened to them wasn't right, you know? As horrible as Standing Rock was, as painful as it was to watch those images, the one thing that I kept thinking about was all the young people. Seven generations ago, our ancestors made decisions that they thought were in their, you know, our best interest, because they were yeah. thinking seven generations ahead. And now that generation. They're powerful, is, man. They're so, powerful. They are the seventh generation from That's those, so powerful. those and, treaty signers. Right. And I, you know, like yesterday I was in court with Enbridge watching the attorneys and Enbridge's expert witnesses and the people that were the strongest in that courtroom that asked the best questions were the youth interveners. Yeah. 23 year old woman. 
Akila is her name. And I watched her just like the, ask the most strong questions. And I thought, you know, y'all got this. We'll do this. So what I'm working on is uh, I, I put up 20 kilowatts of solar our organization did last week to power a school in our village, Pine Point. I'm super nice. proud of that. We're doing a solar panel, thermal panel manufacturing facility. Put it on your south-facing wall. It'll reduce your heating bill. And then uh, I have an industrial hemp permit. I'm on my, right. my third year growing uh, is coming up, and I, uh, I'm at, I have a Kickstarter. You can look up Winona's Hemp. I'm growing varieties for fabric. This is my hemp shirt. Let me describe it. It's this really soft cotton, yeah, kind of like bluish cotton, gray, yeah, yeah, it's stylish. Like, yeah. But my point is, is that until 1920, until 1920, 80% of the yeah. fabric in this country was, the clothing was hemp. The state of Minnesota had 11 hemp mills until 1943. Mm. So like my next 20-year project is to restart the hemp fabric. And people have to be re-educated. I and mean, they uh, the the U.S. government has just really... Well, um, Wisconsin's going to take forever, but Minnesota's already moving. Oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, I got two years of a permit. I've been a <laughs> permitted grower of hemp for two years, and I'm going into year three, and I plan to... Work with my tribe. My tribe has a very successful hemp project, the White Earth Tribe. That's good. We're growing hemp, and uh, how's your uh, land recovery? Good, good. Coming along. Good. I, you know, I don't direct that project anymore. Robert Schimmick does, but I, I just direct Honor the Earth, and now uh, coordinating this Nishinabe Agriculture Institute to uh, work on the traditional seed and hemp varieties. <laughs> By the way, thank you for the 800-year-old squash. Oh, did started. you grow that yeah, one? Yeah, I did. <laughs> it was, and it, the squash grew really well. I saved the seeds, and I've That's been so growing great. it every year. It's wonderful. That's so great. I you know, and, and it came from idea. out here originally, but I, like, I, I kind of when I see these really cool squash, I was like, oh, there's my friend. And I grew some squash in my yard, and I wasn't clear that was it. And then I was like, oh, you're back. I feel my tribe's sovereignty. When I'm growing traditional foods again, yeah. you know, it just makes me feel strong and hopeful. And so thank you for that. Yeah, no, I'm hopeful. And, and every day I see something cool and, uh, you know, I feel like the, you know, we're making it, we're just making the future and, uh, just keep working because their system's crumbling, frankly. Mm -hmm. That's my economic assessment is their system is crumbling. So keep your head low, grow your food, get your renewable energy, get your hemp. And talk to your neighbors about it. And talk to your neighbors about it and sort it out. <laughs> anyway, Patty, thanks. Thank you. Thanks for the thanks for the visit. You're lovely. Woman. That was Professor Patty Lowe speaking with Lenona Leduc, Executive Director of Honor the Earth. They discussed the efforts of Leduc and others to fight pipelines proposed by the Enbridge Corporation, as well as sustainable energy and agriculture projects near Leduc's home on the White Earth Reservation in Minnesota. Leduc is the author of numerous books, including All Our Relations, Native Struggles for Land and Life, and The Militarization of Indian Country. You've been listening to Edge Effects, a production of CHE, the Center for Culture, History, and Environment in the Nelson Institute for Environmental Studies at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Today's episode was produced by Brian Hamilton and me, Charles Carlin. Special thanks goes to Peter Boger and Greg Mittman, who produced the Tales from Planet Earth Film Festival and who organized Ms. LeDuc's visit to Madison. The music you're hearing is by Julian Lynch. We'll be back soon with episodes featuring historians Richard White and Megan Raby 
as well as Savvy Horn, Executive Director of the Land Loss Prevention Project. You can get all our episodes sent straight to your computer or mobile device by subscribing to the EdgeFX podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review that really helps us connect to new listeners. You can also follow us on Twitter at EdgeFXMag. And as always, keep up with the steady flow of great content about cultural and environmental change across the full sweep of human history at edgefx.net.